0: The six in
1: the mix.
0: plays out in our families. As uh, always, we've got a uh, feel-good story of the week. Uh, ben is going to share that. Uh, we're also going to take a look at uh, really kind of the pros and cons, the lemons and lemonade from COVID-19. A good uh, topic from Ryan. And our normal trivia of the week is going to be really an opportunity for us to share our favorite him and why. So though we do try to get Ryan riled up from time to time in the trivia section, we're actually going to dedicate that to favorite him and why. And that should, that should be a, a fantastic time. And then as always, uh, closing out with Fix Your Eyes, and Ethan will be sharing that. So, Ethan, why don't you share a little bit about uh, yourself, your family?
2: Yeah, thanks. You know, it's a, it's such an interesting stage of life, I think, to try and share a little bit about family. I remember the years that we were in school together, all teasing each other about dating and relationships and family and all that stuff. And it seemed like the idea of having a family is so far out in the future, and now I look— at your faces on the screen. And I think of all the kids uh, and all the the lives that that we are responsible for, God's given us the opportunity to impact. And it's just amazing to me. I think I'm in a little bit of an unusual situation amongst the six of us. I think I got married a little bit later in life in my uh, mid-30s. And so my wife and I have two young kids. Uh, We have a son who's six and a son who's three. And um, we are experiencing the joys of younger childhood in comparison to most of you guys. But it is a lot of fun having two boys. And I have to pinch myself, even in the moments where it's the most frustrating, I have to pinch myself and, and remember just God's grace in that. Uh, my wife and I live in the South and have lived in the South for almost 20 years now, which is crazy to think. Um, I'm still not a Southerner, occasionally Southern slang will come out. So that's always fun. Uh, But my wife and I've been in full-time ministry, working with college students, myself for about eight years. And um, she was in ministry before that for about 12 before, so almost 20 years now. And so we're thankful for that opportunity to serve together. We love being in ministry together. It has plenty of challenges, but we're excited and thankful for the opportunity for our boys to grow up in a ministry environment as we work with college students, trying to share the gospel with them, seeing them grow in their faith, And have a vision for reaching the world around them, wherever God takes them in the next stages of their lives. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me.
1: Fantastic, Ethan. That was great to hear. And you're right when it comes to looking at all our families and, and what God has gifted us with, with our wives and children. I don't think any of us could have placed ourselves in this spot and looked and forecasted what that looks like. You know there are hills and valleys with that, and but the the overwhelming blessing that God has gifted us with, I appreciate that. Uh, something that has been on my mind, I guess it's been just eating at me recently because of all of the usage of this word or this 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 phrase "law and order," and I can't help but think about the fact that back in the Old Testament, God set up value systems. He set up traits. He gave us examples. Uh, He walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And and he gave us a pattern of holiness that we ought to live with and live by. And even all the way through time up till, you know, our age now, we've just seen the ebb and flow, the rise and flow of lawlessness, followed by a a movement of we got to put things right, we got to make things right, only to go back and digress into these, these moments of history where it's, it's awful. I guess the question I have for each of you and the question I've been asking myself is, how am I teaching my family to uphold our, our laws, to be respectful and reverent of those who are in charge of us, and just keep order in our, in our societies, in our towns, in our, the places where God has put us. And I know that that is vastly different for all of us because we're all in different spots. And maybe for some it's easier than others. Maybe in our families, it's maybe easier than others because of our, our moorings, um, the the background and the the church connections that we've had and listening to truth. But I'm curious to, for you guys to to, uh, to jump in here a little bit. How do you teach in your family a respect for those who are in charge of us? Could be government officials all the way down to, you know, um, people who are, are over us in local government or, or teachers or anything that we, we place in authority over us. And how do you teach order in your family? What what are those? What are those truths? And then when you look at the overarching use of that in today's, you know, very politicized idea of this, are there connections to be made between the two? And I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your uh, your feedback here. Maybe a loaded question, maybe tough to to consider. I'll, I'll I'll break the ice. I'll just say that, you know, when it comes to my family, we turn on the news and they hear these things constantly on the news. And maybe we shouldn't you know listen to the news as much as we should. But nine o'clock, we watch the news and right after we hit Seinfeld. OK, that's our that's our our nightly our nightly uh, pattern there. All right. So well played good, good comparison. <laughs> so so we listen we listen to the news and and we have this constant you know conversation about okay my kids my especially my older kids are saying you know our world is in chaos it's not just our local communities we're we're in chaos and i i ask the question of them how do we keep from going in that direction and to give a maybe a a answer that is maybe not based in truth based on scripture my, my son, who's 15, doesn't always think, you know, clearly, but he just says, we just need to stop and realize the harm we're doing to other people and to those around us when we just act chaotically. I thought, OK, that's good. That's, that's good. And I, I think some of his thinking is coming from the truth that he's been taught. And then I asked him, OK, what keeps a man, what keeps any man from just being lawless and doing whatever he wants whenever he wants, he we said, "Well, his his respect for other other men and other people, but also his respect for God." And I, I thought, "Well, that is that's I think the underlying point here. If we don't have a respect for the image of God and what He made man in, whatever I deem lawless or my right becomes my right. I can I can make truth whatever I want it." And so we have conversations in our home that that deal with this. And I say, okay, how are you guys gonna how are you guys gonna behave in the community, where um, you're put in situations where there might be people who would say, you know what, we're just gonna we're gonna take that, we're gonna steal that cone, we're gonna take this, we're gonna deface public property, we're gonna do these things because it has happened with scenarios they're in or groups they're in, um, not realizing that they're in a situation that could be there. And I'm I'm hoping that our teaching in our home has the effect that and gives them the ability and the maturity to say, you know what, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to be a part of that. And I respect our community. I respect our leadership, even though I might not agree with them enough that I'm not going to change or do something that is harmful to show um, a disrespect and irreverence for those in charge. Maybe you guys don't have those conversations yet. I don't know if you do, but what Anybody else have anything to to add to that or conversations you've had with your kids dealing with maybe not just law and order, but general respect for the older generation or people in charge of uh, or in leadership?
3: Well, Jeremy, I think um, I'm thinking back when beginning of the summer um, in Minneapolis, when the uh, riots were going on and what my kids were seeing on TV and how they were comprehending what was happening. They were both my girls, you know, 16 and 13. And they were watching men and women walk into a convenience store, breaking windows, walking out with loot, you know, all the loot that they could grab and hold in in their arms and carry it out. They were watching banks being lit on fire. People breaking in, breaking windows, lighting uh, a bank on fire. I mean, it was it was just pure chaos and it was frightening. And the images that they saw, they probably will never forget. I know I'll never forget. But how does that stick with a a 16 and a 13 year old? And I think Mike, you know, our kids are dealing with things you know, they say this about every generation, you know, they say kids are dealing with things that we've never had to deal with before. But this has monumental, um, imp- has a monumental impact on their life and their outlook going forward. And, you know, I know my wife and I, we're, as we're watching this, you know, we're upset. We're like, where is our leadership? You know, who's gonna, who's stepping up to protect us? And, you know, when it comes right down to it, as a, as the husband of, of my family and the father, I've got to, I got to protect them first and foremost, you know, and what does that look like? And, and they've got to worry They're you know, I hope they never have to worry about their security because I hope they know that they are safe as long as they're with us. Right. But I think that, this you know this law and order question that you you're a topic you're raising up is I you know I don't have an exact answer as to how we are dealing with this in our family right now but it's a scary time and you know just the the long term impact of of how it affects our kids I think is going to be you know in 20 years it's going to you know what is it going to look like and I'm I'm afraid of what it'll look like
0: one thing I was thinking about when you were talking is I'd love to be able to go back to the time, you know, just before the the, the great flood. Right. You know, what what were the people uh, living like doing at the time to where God said, no, you know what, we, we've got to we've got to do a reset. Yeah, you know, obviously, we know the biblical principles, you know, evil men will wax worse and worse. But the challenging thing is <laughs> people are justifying this chaos because it's this is this is how I'm going to effect change rather than understanding there are there are ways to communicate and right wrongs and two wrongs are not making a right. So it was interesting, too, when the riots were happening back in Minneapolis, you obviously, knowing you guys, that's where that's where we grew up. We were, we were we moved out of North Minneapolis when we left to come down to Ohio nine years ago. And so Casey was talking in in pretty close communication with some of the neighbors and we showed limited stuff on, you know, to the girls, because it's again, they, they've been away from it for nine years. But it was there was not an understanding of, of why we had to do that. You know, we did talk about the George Floyd thing and how the, the people in authority made poor choices and ended this man's life. That, that that was horrific. That was not right. However, using that as an excuse to go out and just do whatever we want to get whatever type of change or, or say, say we want change. It's like the complete opposite of what You know the way God set up His church. You know to be run with order and 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 respect and love and kindness. Uh, It's you know I I just think you're seeing the way of the world.
1: Yeah, I my my thought, I guess my underlying thought um, is driven from uh, several different themes that I've been working through just um, in my church. But what I don't want to see is is this generation learning a new hybrid philosophy of what can and can't happen, how things should and shouldn't happen, and just instead of working through the chain of command. We're just going to do it. And then, you know, as we learned in several of our uh, coaches who had, who had, I guess, one particular coach who said, you know, just do it and then ask forgiveness later. You know, let's let's take that kind of <laughs> that philosophy, which is, you know, junk. But I don't want I don't want this generation to learn to just, hey, if we've got a problem, we're just going to blast everything just so that we can get our agenda across and that's how that's a negative way that I think our society will take a huge step down quickly and just increase the chaos and the unrest and the and the frustration, not just in, in communities like Minneapolis, but all over all over the place. This has set a precedent in small uh, rural communities, too, where kids are like, hey, if they can do it, we can do it. You know, we, we, we got this now. It's almost like it lights the fire uh, in, a, in a wrong, in a bad, in a poor way. I just don't want our America to learn this philosophy and to act on it in this in this regard.
4: I'll just, I'll just add to this, and I know this is a name we've been talking about in recent episodes and a name that's been in the news this week, but I like what John MacArthur says. He says that God has ordained levels of order in society. And first of all, within each person, you've got a conscience. Everybody has a conscience. Within a family unit, then you've got the next level of authority, which are the parents. And then after that, in society at large, you've got those who are bearing the sword, government. So to your point, Jeremy, about how do we go about this with our family, I think we encourage them to follow their conscience. Hopefully they are believers and they have the Holy Spirit guiding them. Secondly, we as parents need to do our job with training and order and discipline and then ultimately, and then this is where we saw things fall apart in Minneapolis, is when those who are bearing the sword get out of there, and they just let chaos ensue. And that's what was so disturbing about that. I I just couldn't believe what I was witnessing, not too far down the road from here. It was it was terribly tragic, and you know that God is just shaking his head at at what's going on down here. So, forever, whatever that's where that's been that's been helpful to me.
1: Yeah, that's good. Like I said, I just want to throw it out there and find out how you guys are are maybe, maybe not just with the words law and order, but how you deal with that on a daily basis with (coughs) your kids. And it was, it's just been a reminder to me that I need to, I need to do that. I need to have those conversations and I need to instill in them. It's my job to instill in them. This is not how you act. You don't treat a, a, a person in leadership. I don't care how much you disagree with them. You don't look at them and tell them, shut up. You don't give disrespect to somebody. You work through the chain of command. You work in ways that have been prescribed in order so that you can get a, a resolution that is, is respected. Because in the end, if you push your agenda in ways that are lawless, nobody respects that. I mean, it's, it's just not appropriate. I think our, our youth today are falling victim and trapped to this is the way we get things done. This is this is the new way. This is the way we, we do it. I just don't want that philosophy to pervade in America. I don't want it to be in my family. I don't want it to be in in our towns and our cities, our communities. My goal then is now I'm praying that God would heal those situations, that God would bring leadership, that he would bring people to come in and reestablish order. And reestablish respect and, and community working together in good, honest, practical, both sides of the aisle kind of way so that we can have this philosophy of we can work together, put back together so that law and order doesn't just take on a new avenue for our children. Or maybe what our children will have to protect their children from, I guess, maybe is even what I'm more worried about.
5: Jeremy, the only thing I would add to, you know, Matt referenced back to the time of the flood, another period of time in the Bible that comes to my mind is when it repeats in Judges over and over that the nation of Israel, the men did what was right in their own eyes or what was right in their own mind. You know, and I feel like that's what we're dealing with where you talk about they're not listening to absolute truth. and yes. not listening to biblical truth. They're just doing what they think is right and how they think they're going to accomplish what they're setting out to accomplish. And it is, it, I think, you know, it's, it's very sad to see, but I don't think it's something brand new no, that we're not just dealing all. with here. You know, it's, it's been repeated over history and like you said, all we can do is get down on our knees and pray for our country, and pray for our communities, and pray for our families. That God will intervene, and hopefully not have to do it like He did in Judges, where He let the nation be turned over to a, you know foreign countries, and then the judge had to come in and clean house right. to get things back right. in line. You know, hopefully, hopefully we can find a more peaceful way to get back on track. But it's it's a challenging time.
1: One of the most rewarding things I have seen in my kids and they're, they're, you know, getting to the place, I've got a senior this year and a sophomore this year, and they are to the place where they are, they are recognizing some of these issues. And they're coming to me saying, this is not right. This is how I would do it. This is what I would do. And I just see the word of God, you know, starting to, starting to bud out of them and in practical ways and how rewarding as a dad, to, to see that and to to know that. And to, uh, and it doesn't always happen. But on those moments where it's like obvious and there are some heinous things going on to hear that from them, I, I just see the sneak peek of another generation taking foothold and saying the cause of Christ is worth it. We're, 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 we're going to stay on a high, high line. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys and your families with that. So that was kind of my point uh, to this uh, this law and order thing. That was great, Jeremy. I think that That last point that you made was just a strong encouragement to
0: see how much thought you've given it and uh, how intentional you are with that. I think uh, I think we can all put that into heart and into practice uh, with our families.
4: And thankfully, he's also (laughs) a principal, too, so he can uh, affect change in other lives. I, I wish we had other principals like him across this country. Only by God's grace. Only by God's grace.
0: Yep. All right, we're going to turn it over to Ben for yeah. the feel good story of the week. Feel good story of the week. So
5: have you guys seen this one? Uh, this was a, a few days ago. There was, you remember some of those movies or TV shows where someone would get stranded on a desert island and they would go out in the beach on the front of the island and scratch out a big SOS and hope that somebody would find him or see him. So well, that actually <laughs> happened in real life. There were some sailors in, uh, over in Micronesia that got off course, uh, ran out of gas in their boat, and were stranded on an island for three days. They carved out the big SOS and satellite imagery found them, and then they were recovered and uh, brought back. All were um, in good health and just a little dehydrated and got back in shape in short order. But those uh, those SOS movie scenes though that actually happened in the last uh, week or so here so that that's my feel-good kind of funny story of the week this week it's you know some of those movie scenes it feels like we see them lived out the kind of horror movies a lot lately but this is kind of a feel-good moment here where that big sos in the sand actually saved three guys uh from perishing on a desert deserted island
3: three guys, you no know what all three just saw there were three guys
5: Three guys, yes.
3: It was not a three-hour <laughs> tour. There were three guys. All right, so let me ask you this. Of us three, Ben, or of us four, four well no i'm sorry no we're five yeah. you, though. okay you're stuck on your stranded. you're we're stuck on a stranded uh, desert island or deserted island all alone what three or what two other guys are you taking with you? Oh, yeah. oh man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question oh. Ryan would only get you through about dinner
3: time, so yeah. you probably want to think about something else. Yeah, there's not much meat on his bones. So yeah, and guaranteed,
1: sure. if he were there, he would well, ask for seconds the first meal you guys had. They'd be gone. we yeah. <laughs> be looking me up and down like a, or, like a or, lamb or, chop. Or Matt, whatever your name is. All right, back to the question. I roomed with
5: Matt for two years in college, so I, I'll guaranteed, take Matt. I knew, as I knew that was coming. And oh, then wow. it's. It's hard to turn yeah. down the captain for number yes. 2 so I got to take <laughs> the captain in the it. second seat.
1: <laughs> oh okay so well played. Well so played. If, I love you if other if guys though. Ryan, Ethan oh, and say, me are on a, an island also in a competition domestic <laughs> you domesticated
2: wins. You, we win. <laughs> Crystal. All I have to say, all I have to say is that we will eat much better than you guys will. Between Jeremy's uh, growing crops and my hunting, we're going to be eating pretty
1: good. And my my little Debbie stash. Well, Ryan's going to SOS to his mom. We'll have that no problem. We will have little (laughs) Debbie's. And then the other thing Ryan will do is he'll feed it to Ethan's fish. That's what's going to happen. We'll make sure that takes place. (laughs) Oh, you can't. Oh, I forgot can't about, forget that. about feeding great Debbie that? to his little fish. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that was fun to that watch. Was that was almost as good as the piranha I, in, the, just, in the I, dorm room.
4: <laughs> I, I'm still getting over Don's comment something about Matt licking his chops or something. was that. <laughs> you will be fine. <laughs> ben, ben and Don start looking <laughs> like elk,
0: <laughs> like in the cartoons. You, you see a person, That's and then right. you see like a steak or something. Oh. That's fantastic. Well, that that was a great feel good story. That we, what I like Ben about some of these feel good stories is they're like very practical too. Like you eat the ice cream. Now we know what to do. We put the tongue in the roof of the mouth. If we get stranded, we do know we can uh, put stuff in the sand. So
3: you know, what? I just had somebody, uh, a faithful listener, just tell me about putting your tongue up on your roof of your mouth. She loved that story. She thought that was fantastic. She told you talked me yeah, about it today. It works. In fact, I was pumped.
5: <laughs> We're saving
3: lives here. That's what <laughs> <real hard>. all. <laughs> We're saving yeah. lives. That's the we We care. That's all we care.
0: All right, Ryan, why don't you take it away with the uh, lemons and lemonade? So,
4: during this COVID-19 pandemic that we've all been a part of, I thought it would be good just to share, to see where our joys are, if they if they are similar, and where our deepest struggles lie, and to see how similar those are as well. So, I thought, well, maybe we can all highlight a lemon and maybe highlight some lemonade as well. So, a, a pro and a con uh, during this pandemic. So... Uh, I'll I'll start and then then I'll go to Don. I I think for for us here, I I think one of the the biggest lemons has been just uh, the church division. You know, we're not we're not fighting at church, but we have gone to a couple of services and we just by default get segregated that way. And that's been that's been a bummer. So hopefully we can we can get that resolved in the near future. The, uh, the lemonade, I would say, is outside of the obvious, more family time, which is good for me. I'm not so sure it's good for my family that have me around all the time, but it's good for me. Uh, I typically commute to work on public transportation and I I was a germaphobe coming into this pandemic. So right now being able to to stay home and not even have to worry about public transportation that has been really nice. I can I can wake up and start my my job and it saves me about 45 50 minutes in the morning. So I'm I'm thankful for that. So how about you Don?
3: Well, I'm going to start out with the uh, I'm going to start out with the lemonade and the Lemonade, I'd say, was the fact that, you know, my, both my wife and I have been working from home now since this, uh, the pandemic began. And, of course, kids are home doing school. So we had the opportunity that we were home to fulfill my youngest daughter's dream of getting a dog. <laughs> so we got this dog now, and this is also going to bleed them into <laughs> the lemon. The dog is going to be the end of me. I swear this thing is, if, first of all, the dog is like, we, when we brought the dog home, it was two and a half pounds. Two and a half pounds. It's a little, uh, they call it about teddy bear puppies or dogs. They're half Shih Tzu, half uh, Bichon mix. And they literally look like teddy bears. And the dog is now up to seven and a half pounds and probably won't get much bigger than 11 pounds my wife was completely against it, you know, the whole time. Uh, but then, you know, the whole time is this, well, wow, this is finally our opportunity. We'll be home. This is all, you know, our youngest daughter laid out a platter case. And, and, uh, so we decided to go for it. And of course the dog is all about my wife. <laughs> it will not leave her side. Right. <laughs> so, so I think she would also kind of like go into that. I mean, it, Granted, she loves the thing more than anything. Now it's kind of funny watching them. But uh, this dog last night, the dog would not go to bed. It's like children; we're having children again. The dog would not go to bed. Dog barking away outside in his kennel because we're trying to crate train this bad boy, and uh, and he's 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 barking away, and I'm like, I'm done. I mean, I've got scratches all over my face. I, he, the dog bit me this uh, the other day on my cheek, on my nose. Um, and I went to bed last night just fuming. I was just done with the dog. And Jen, Jen was like, What are you doing? Go go, take the dog out. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to take it out. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, so, so I said, I don't know. This dog's driving me nuts. But uh, well, we got lemon and lemonades out of one thing. So.
0: And right, after hearing that, <laughs> you want to change your picture? I was going to say, i mean, like, <laughs> This little things Cap- like captains over alive. there saying oh I got I got
1: a dog seven <laughs> pounder nah, I'm done <laughs> yeah how, how about you
0: Matt well it's been uh it, it's it's been a it's been a wild time I would say you know from a family side I think the lemonade has come recently so initially I would say it was able to slow my wife and the girls down I mean they were driving She was driving them all over the place, doing a bunch of different things, which was great, but it was really tiring. So it was good for them to get back home. But and I'm not even sure if I've shared this with you guys, but through through the course of events over the last several weeks, we've been able to put our oldest three in a local Christian school that's meeting five days a week. And so uh, the homeschool thing has been has been very good. But as we were taking a look at all five of our daughters and what they needed, this opportunity came up to be able to place them in a a Christian school and and God just opened up doors and continues to open up doors there. And so it'll still be a a good challenge for them, but I think they're really excited. And so I don't think that would have happened if this pandemic would not have happened. So I'm certainly grateful for that. From From a Lemon side, I think just personally, for me, it's been difficult just because of the work demands. Again, there's because of the because of what I do, I've had to work more and put more hours in, and there's been a certain energy to that, you know, being able to help folks from a safety and health side. Uh, but it's certainly been draining, and I've kind of struggled to find my mooring a little bit. And so I think maybe it's it's exposed some some pretty big gaps in, in, in my life. And so I'm actually hoping as we continue to go forward, that uh, be able to help, you know, obviously do what I need to do from a work side, but also more importantly you know, be what I need to be for my family. So it's kind of shaken me a little bit, again, expose some things, but again, God is faithful and, and has allowed, obviously my wife, who's, who's uh, supportive and wants to see me be successful. Uh, I, I believe we'll get there, but I think that's been a challenge that I want to help correct, you know, add some, add some sugar, stir and make some lemonade. So we'll get there.
4: Nice. And congratulations for using the word mooring. That's the second time in this uh, podcast we've heard the word mooring. So good job. Uh, how about well, you, Jeremy?
1: If I consider lemon and lemonade. I'm going to go with the lemon first. I think one of the th- the issues that I have had with this whole time has just been the the restrictions or the limitations that I have not been used to. Right. I mean, it's it's all this, you know, normal, everything, go wherever you want, whenever you want. No problem. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this week I have forgotten my mask and how that is an issue. Even just trying to go get at Walgreens, some, some cough medicine for one of my kids who, who had a, uh, sniffles and cough and, or sort of throat. throw Amber's like, go, go get some, go get something from Walgreens. No problem. Hopped in the truck, took off, got all the way there. They're like, Nope, do not come in. Okay. Do you have a mask I can, can buy? Nope. Don't have any. I can buy here. Okay. So drive home. It's just inconveniences. That's, that's my lemon and it's all over the place and it's frustrating. I know. Get over it. Right. My lemonade probably is, uh, well undoubtedly is the time that we have spent with our, uh, family, but doing things at home that I never thought I would really be able to do with my family and my kids, and spending time with them. They probably don't necessarily like all the things because they're mostly work projects that are involved with that. <laughs> but hey, we got to get it done. But it's been fun to incorporate my son, spe- specifically my older son, in doing some things with me, some work projects with me. And we were given some work opportunities to be able to work together. And uh, I think he's I think he was kind of surprised. He, he didn't want to work with me. He wanted a job by himself to you know, do his own thing. And that's fine. You know, he can do that. But it just happened that they needed my skills, too. And so when I was working this summer with him, uh, I think he realized that he's got a long way to go to, to measure up to dad and his uh, his go, go, go get him. Uh, attitude at work he was pretty tuckered out but it was fun to be tired at the end of the day with him have him come home and hear myself and him like oh, i just want to sit down and have a pepsi oh i feel so and then you know when the paycheck time comes oh man i i'm gonna do this this and this and i've already got it you know applied so uh, that's been my lemonade is just to do some interesting things with my kids and be able to have some fun with them and and work with them and and be part of that so that's my lemonade
4: Nice, nice boy. I see some correlation there with you and your son oh, yeah, and you and right. your dad Absolutely. as you were telling that story. I was I was just I was just picturing Absolutely. those relationships there.
5: All right, Ben, how about you? Well I'm a bit of a planner by nature, so all of this uncertainty I think has been the lemon that I've been dealing with the most from just even at the family level trying to make plans and think about the future you know now we're looking at going back to school and what's that going to mean and i like to have a little try to have a little more certainty in my life and that's certainly not the case right now so that that kind of be my lemon as i move into lemonade here well first of all all this talk of lemons i would like to point out i was able to find a canister of clorox wipes this week at the store And so I purchased, I only bought one. I was conscientious of the others uh, in our community here, but I bought one canister of lemon scented Clorox wipes. Uh, But actually the lemonade for me that I struck uh, my wife and I today, um, actually this week at church, we've been uh, back in person at church for a few weeks now. And the church we go to is, is is a little bit larger church. There's a few services, a lot of people on Sunday mornings, or there used to be, but now we're having about 100 people or so at a service. And it's been kind of the same people that go to the service we've been going to. So it's created an opportunity where we've been able to meet some new people and have some time chatting afterwards outside in the parking lot before we had on our way. And just it almost kind of has created this small church feel that I kind of grew up with a little bit smaller church, you know, a couple hundred people. But it's been a little glimpse back into the past of what that was like the last few weeks as we've only had 100 to 150 people at our church services. So it's been kind of a fun thing to to meet some new people and, and get that, be able to you know, have our senior pastor come out and chat with everybody afterwards in the parking lot and just made it uh, kind of a fun, different uh, twist on things right now for church.
2: Nice. All right, Ethan. I'll probably start out with uh, the lemon part. I think for us, that's probably been two kind of main things. Uh, One, for us in ministry, I think the last four or five months have been really uniquely challenging. And And equally frustrating at times, we were actually on a spring break trip with a bunch of students that we work with when the state of North Carolina, when the governor shut the state down. And so we had to actually send students home from our spring break trip in the middle of it because he had shut it down. And that just kind of kicked off, I think, you know, five months of having to let go of uh, normal expectations, let go of uh, normal rhythms and patterns of ministry opportunities it's almost all the campuses that we work on are shut down with primarily virtual classes even at this point a couple of them have started with a few classes but the majority of the, the campuses are closed and so that's that's just it's challenging i think there's times where we just find ourselves having to remind ourselves that god's good he loves students he doesn't need us he's bringing students to know him Behind the scenes, no matter what, and so we can trust them. But it stills it's still hard and frustrating to to let go of things that you had hoped and planned and dreamed and prepared for, and um, and all those things. And so even even this last week, we've had to cancel a bunch of things for this fall, and um, a, another retreat that we had planned, a conference that that we usually take students to, you know, just lots of things get get canceled. And so that's been difficult, um, just letting go of, and in some ways grieving, but just letting go of. Um, I think on the on the lemonade side, I think two things. One, personally, I think this season, the natural outgrowth of that the opposite extreme of that is that our lives have slowed down quite a bit. Our schedule as a family is usually pretty high uh, tempo uh, in terms of ministry, both my wife and I being in ministry and just everything else that's going on in our lives. And so we've really enjoyed the last four or five months just having a slower pace, um, less expectations, less got to go here, got to go here, got to prepare for this, having stuff you know, three, four, five nights a week. So we've just—that's just been refreshing, and we've really enjoyed that. And it's given us a lot more time just to spend as a family, build a plan, some some fun activities, a couple trips, um, just some fun things together with our boys, making memories. And they're old enough that they're starting to remember more and more of them, which is fun. And so we're excited, uh, just for some ongoing traditions in future years. Hopefully, as a result of COVID and some of the things that we've been able to bring into our family life that were difficult to do before.
4: Yeah, that's, that's great. It's good. Good to hear that we face some similar challenges and we, we are seeing some blessings coming out of this. I was hoping we we would have enough blessings as Christians. We, we know that all things do work together for good for us. And so I'm, I'm hoping we can utilize this time uh, appropriately. So interesting to hear. Thanks
0: also good guys uh, what what's the percentage chance that six in the mix is even a thing if
1: the pandemic doesn't yeah, that's hit? a that's a that's a great thought I, I don't know that it would
0: it's good to be hanging out with you guys you know doing this uh, even if it's just for ourselves <laughs> hopefully it's we, only we got a couple of faithful <laughs> listeners which is fantastic every Sunday night it always brings a smile to my face and you guys are encouragement to me so y'all are eliminating my book <laughs> Amen. All right, we're going to move on. So, so, typically, we've got uh, six in the mix trivia, which is uh, always a fun-filled part of the uh, part of the podcast. Uh, but we wanted to take that time today and uh, dedicate it to uh, every one of the members' favorite hymn, again, song, favorite hymn of the faith, and I think. We talked about this is not contemporary songs. These are actually you know, hymns of the faith that we grew up singing. And so each each uh, each of the guys each of the guys in the podcast are going to share their favorite hymn and why it's their favorite hymn. So we'll be able to listen to some of those songs. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to this. Uh, this should be fantastic. Can't get enough of the uh, of the old hymns. So we're going to start off. Uh, we're going to start off by playing this one. We'll see. Uh, well, this one should be fairly easy to figure out which uh, what hymn it is, but it'd be interesting, at least when we start off, which which uh, person uh, do you think this uh, this is? All right, this is the favorite hymn number one. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. That's Jeremy. I'll
3: over Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy.
0: Okay, Don's <laughs> uh, thinking think it's Jeremy. I'll go with Jeremy. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> <setting> <laughs> <the spirit free laughs> Negative the wonderful grace of wow. Jesus yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll go with Don Oh, not me. The cathedral is obviously wonderful. Grace of Jesus, who uh, who's who uh, who's, who's him Is this uh, the favorite of? Oh, that refrain
5: is so good. That one's that's my hymn that I selected.
3: I'm a little disappointed that uh, you didn't uh, have the faithful rendition of them <laughs> okay. Likewise,
0: you guys, you guys sing this one, Tom?
3: Yeah, I brought our hymn track and, and, and So good. Yeah.
5: So I just, it, it was hard to pick. I, I do appreciate a lot of the hymns. We've been singing them a little more at church off and on the last uh, couple years. And this one has always been one of my favorites. I just remember being a kid growing up at, at church and hearing, it just seems like when this hot hymn would come around, the congregation would just put a little more pep into this one. They just got into it. The chorus is great. We'd have some men that would break into the, you know, alternate part of the chorus there and really let it fly and just really appreciated this. And so, yeah, that's why I picked this one. uh, uh the author, while he was born in Norway, he actually spent some time in Minnesota. So there's some local ties to Minnesota here. And actually he wrote 4,000 hymns during the course of his life. And this one was is con- kind of considered one of his most famous uh, hymns, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. And the lyrics are just so good when you, you know, we've talked about it already tonight on the podcast, just the grace of God and how he uh, provides for us things that we don't deserve at all. But uh, just that wonderful grace of Jesus, it just it's just, you know, broader than the mighty rolling sea, right? So it's just so good. It's good stuff.
4: A- amen.
5: Amen. Was this Harold Lillinus, Ben? Yes. Yep. That is correct. That is the hymn writer.
3: Is that one of your nerd bowl questions?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that won him seventh place. I think that was the deal. (laughs) Seventh. Oh
0: my god! Right? Did you have any? Were were there any spiritual questions in your uh, in your knowledge bowl uh, questions, or were they all pretty much secular?
4: They they were pretty much secular. There there was a Bible based question, just like on Jeopardy, uh from time to time, there 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 were. So yeah, I I love those. It was like it was like having an Ethan fastball coming at me and it's <laughs> just turning big, you know, and I'm about to launch it
1: over the left oh, field wall. Yes. Love it. Oh man. doubtful.
0: All righty. Hymn number two, you guys ready? Can I can I ask a question? You can you can ask a question, what do you Can ask? we can we
4: I know we've all submitted a hymn, but can we all vote on somebody else's hymn as the
0: one we like second best? Sure. Yeah, I was I was gonna plan on doing like an honorable mentions at the end if anybody's got some in there. So yeah, if, if uh, there's a song a hymn that you hear uh, at the end, maybe we'll do uh you know who was what's the favorite pick of of the one that you heard or another honorable mention that did not get played. So all right, hymn number two. Here we go. Oof. It's good living.
2: How I praise thee, precious Savior. Let thy
0: love laid
1: hold of What's the hymn and
0: who uh whose favorite is? Thou hast saved and cleansed and filled me.
4: That I'm uh channels only
0: channel
4: Don Sung
1: by, by Sailor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, my daughter did not sing it. This is actually a, a couple actually saying this on YouTube. It was a, a version I thought was really good, I, I, but I don't know who they are. Well, the Weebies, I think, maybe.
4: Anyway. Was it, was it Don's? Channel Zone. Oh yeah, my, that's, that's really a mark, great tune. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't know why this hymn stood out to me when I was growing up, but um, every time. Uh, our music pastor would get up and say, take your hymnals and turn to page 314. <laughs> I just jumped out of my seat and, let go. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this song. I mean, I liken the feeling. The, I, was, I was trying to think of the feeling that I got when I heard that number, hymn number announced. It was the same type of feeling that I got when I was hiding in bed, Listening to WLOL, the (laughs) second station, uh, and uh, the DJ would announce that uh, the Bengals singing uh, "Eternal Funny was about to play. I got this. I don't know what it was. I just got so excited, and uh, I just love this song. I don't know why. Just it's just it's just the the chorus. I mean, it just it just sticks with me all the time. And I just love the song. So rich. That's my story. I don't know why, but it's just one that's that
0: always gets to me. Yeah, that was definitely a, a deeper track. Uh, and <laughs> as I was the other listened to it, is it like, wow, that is it, it's a great it's a great hymn. Um, yeah, we're the vessel, you know. He he's the potter. We're the clay. Uh, it all it all fits together on that. It's fantastic.
4: Was it Don? Was that radio station W Laugh Out Loud? Did
0: you say W L O L?
3: W L O L.
0: Yeah. Five W L O L. Was that was that the call signs? Yeah. I may, I may even listen to that one too in the evenings
4: that, that's, just, that's just hilarious that you had the same reaction for Eternal Flame and Channels <laughs> Only
3: yeah was, uh, I, I got excited yeah I'd get the look from my mom telling me <laughs> to simmer down and I'd be like I'm
0: <laughs> oh man alright All right, good stuff alright hymn number three Probably the most well-known hymn of the six selections that we have. <laughs> Amazing Grace, and Ethan picked it. <laughs> That's a good guess. Who's singing this? This is a this is a yeah, Gaither uh, Homecoming version. Yeah, just found it on YouTube, and it uh, it's it's pretty powerful. I forget the guy's name, but he sings oh, man, he yeah. sings the mess out of this song. He kind of tells a story before it. Say, look it up. It's a Gaither homecoming, amazing grace. It was good living. So th- this was Ethan? Correct. Boy, it is. Yep.
2: It's, uh, it's, been, it's been probably one of my top couple favorites since I was a kid. And, um, I mean, there's a, couple, there's a couple lyrics in there that are just fantastic. Um, I think especially the second verse is one of my favorites. Um, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." Um, just such a great turn of phrase that's so descriptive of our hearts' awareness of our need for salvation. And so I think it's, it's become even more special to me as we've had our two sons, our youngest son loves to sing, uh, he's three, and so he loves to sing and that's his favorite verse too. Um, and so he, it, it's, it's been really sweet to, to see him sing it regularly. Um, he skips around the house singing songs all the time, uh, and that's one that he sings a lot. But at night, especially, we sing songs with him, with both boys, but <clears throat> with him especially. And it's been sweet just to just to explain, and as much as his three year old mind can understand, and, and our older son too, but but both of them, but explaining just the concept of grace. What does grace look like uh, in our lives? Why why do we value grace? And and to be able to explain and talk about the reality of God's love has demonstrated in grace, um, that's not deserved. And so we, we've just, I know we've had some really sweet moments, um, with our boys, uh, talking about this song specifically and, and just praying it over them that, that they will someday know, come to know God's amazing grace. Um, that's not yet happened in either of their lives, but we're just praying that that would be true.
0: Good stuff, Ethan. Good stuff. All right. We're halfway through, gentlemen. It's been good so far. We got three more. Hymn number four. Steve Maxwell, Mr. Maxwell, indeed, live and in living color.
4: Great is thy faithfulness. I don't. Re- I don't
0: recall
3: seeing this one,
1: Maybe
0: not. Uh, true or false? When I uh, when I was at WCTS, I was uh, I did the Saturday morning show. I snuck this in one morning. I, re- I remember you telling <laughs> us that.
1: You know,
0: it was great. I did it.
1: Bless
0: the mess <laughs> out of everybody listening. I'll say that much. that's ended your short-term appointment. Uh, yeah, many- <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> oh uh, I yes, that and Larnell. I uh, I got to talk to. <laughs> that's great. I just watched. I just watched the YouTube with uh, Larnell Harris <laughs> and fun. Steve Green redoing a song and singing it over the. Uh, I don't know how, how they do it. They put it together like that. It was just phenomenal. Oh, those two guys, those two gentlemen have absolute voices. Wow. Oh, man. Well, yeah, this great. So Great as I Faithfulness is, is the right. uh, Jeremy pick. I picked this one. And uh, the reason that I picked this one, I mean, it is we sing the mess out of it at churches all the time. I understand that. It's almost one of those songs where you I mean, I know all three verses by by heart. You don't even open the hymn book. You just sing them. My my special uh, place for this hymn comes not within a church. It comes within um, Thanksgiving at uh, the Schaefer family, the, my family's uh, um, Thanksgiving. And so when, when we all get together, uh, we have a, a time where we just we pause and we we sing this song. And it, it was something traditionally that my grandfather did. I'm told that his grandfather did it. And it is passed down through the, through the, uh, through the uh, generations. And just recently, uh, well, about a year ago, my dad died. And so we've had a lot of time to reflect on family. And uh, my uncle did a lot of family history and went back. And as far as he can go back, there's five generations that he can go back and the men five generations past my grandfather, that is the men that have um, that he looked at all were involved with churches, particularly with children in ministry. So that has followed my family heritage all the way down to me. And I am I, I, just thankful for that. But the reason I. I Believe, Great is thy faithfulness is such a beautiful song for me and, and something that's meaningful is, is because of the truth that it is in my family and that it is rolled um, as part of who we are in our fabric and how that has been able to touch so many lives um, because of God's uh, God's faithfulness to us because he's faithful to me and our reciprocation of that faithfulness to him. We have touched lives, and so that is a beautiful thing for me and uh, a wonderful truth and, and special moment when we sing that uh, in Thanksgiving. That's great, Jeremy. Thanks for sharing.
0: All right, we are down to the last two, so hymn number five. Oh, I do like that trumpet there, man. That's slick.
1: Yes Phelps, sing it louder, baby
5: Always the right time for Christmas time
1: You cannot go wrong with that guy either, man He just lets it go Oh, yeah I know this is yours. Have you ever heard the rendition of Just As I Am that he sings? Oh, yeah. You've never heard that? Just As I Am? Oh, you've got to look that up. No, I you've got to listen so. to that. Oh, he, he hits that great, too. He the world with truth and grace
0: and makes I think it's pretty clear this is uh, Mr. Ryan's. Let's, uh, th- this was honestly, when you sent this to me, this was honestly a surprise, right? I love the rendition, but I, yeah, I wasn't expecting a uh, Christmas hymn. Um, talk to us about uh, why this.
4: Oh, you gotta love it. I mean, I, I did send you David Phelps' version of it, which I love the energy. I love the joy. And... Uh, <laughs> Ultimately what it comes down to is joy to the world was not meant to be a Christmas carol or a hymn. And I'm actually thinking about going up to Minneapolis to protest this next week, making it a year long hymn, not just a Christmas hymn. So if any of you are interested (laughs) in protesting with me, I'll, I'll bring you with me. Maybe it'll be the two guys on the Island with me. Maybe you two guys are stuck with me. So I the, this song, you know, the the story goes back with with Isaac Watts. I mean, let's first of all, you've got you've got two heavyweights putting this thing together. You got Isaac, father of the modern hymn Watts, and you've got George Friedrich. No one holds a candle to this handle. When you put these two guys together. What do you expect? I mean, what do you expect? So the fact is, the world is groaning to see. Christ return victorious. We're going to see true justice reign. We as humans who are on this earth, we talked about law and order earlier. Those of us who are looking to him in faith, what a great day that's going to be. That is going to bring about true joy. As Watts started off on his hymn writing journey, that was his goal. The music of that time, dull, slow, depressing. And he turned it upside down, and we still are benefiting from that today. Unfortunately, the focus is around Christmas, but I think we need to make this a year-round year-round him. And Matt, and all I, I'm, people with you. Said,
1: I'm with you on that. I think you picked that rendition because you loved the applause at the end and you wanted to hit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: exactly, exactly. I'm all about the applause. You got it. Yeah, you went deep in hymnology there brother that was uh, that was great
4: well I, I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not musically gifted per se but I I appreciate music and I I, I appreciate quality music and Phelps uh, yeah that guy could sing and you put him him with my favorite hymn and it's a nice it's a nice outcome
0: alrighty hymn number six closing it out Just a little foreshadowing there Jeremy no, not David Feltz, oh. Yeah, this is off Ella's first uh, hymn compilation album. I think "Hymns for All the World" was the title of the album. And uh, it's interesting. So I think most of us. You know, grew up in pretty conservative churches, and when I think of this song, I think of, like, Sunday night, after the Sunday night message, we would sing an invitation song, and uh, there were many good ones. This was one of the best ones, but I, I love the lyrics of it. Like, like so many hymns, you, know, you sing, like, verse 1, 2, and then... Live, and you really got to sing them all and even acapella doesn't sing every one of them but it, it's just a it's just a, a real raw version of hey on my own I'm nothing but I've only got one plea but I'm still coming and I think uh, i think that message for us in America and maybe even us as men being you know hey we've got to be this and we got to be strong and always coming it's you know, I think God says no. You're you're weak for a purpose, and you're weak so I can be strong through you. And so songs like this remind us that we come as we are, and God does His work in us as we're submitting to Him. And so it was just it's uh yeah flashbacks to Sunday night church, which were always good, and and then just the truth of this hymn is uh is pretty special.
1: Man, they're so tight when they say that. I, I just can't help but hear you know Don's bass voice, you know, in chapel at College, you know, just hitting that those notes. Ah, oh, it's good.
0: Yeah. All right. So we have. Uh, do we have any honorable mentions? Were there? Were there? Was there a, a hymn that you were wrestling with? That uh, uh, and the other one just beat it out, Ryan. <laughs> I, I do. And it was actually,
4: it was actually Ben's. Uh, that was going to be wow. my first, my first one. Wonderful grace of Jesus. Uh, I, I was right there with him. It was neck and neck. And then I took, I took a broader look and I remembered how much I, I can listen to joy to the world throughout the year. And I, I ended up <laughs> going with that one. But yeah, Ben, I was on the cusp of submitting the same one.
3: <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, it as well did not make the cut. I thought for sure somebody would include it as well. In this in this mix here that we got, because how oh, many times man, you yeah. crank that song out in yeah. in the shower? I mean, can we, right? Can we go there, yeah.
0: Yeah, we There's no coming back.
3: Man, alive! I love singing this song in the shower. All well, yeah. We get, we get we get Mickle and Calcabugio included in that man that was fantastic <laughs> oh
0: man yeah, they added some nice baritone did, did they not oh, i never got I,
1: you know that song that song holds <laughs> i think that song as i as i look at that song there's so much emotion in that that if you commit to that you commit to a whole piece of life that may or may not be pretty and even even the the, the author of that has been alluded to and gave us that. Was it you that gave it? To, I think you told us that story a little bit um, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, that that's just a heavy, a heavy song. My my runner up was May the Mind of Christ, My Savior. Um, I had that written as a high school student, senior, when I finally started to get things kind of aligned in my life. I had that written in a Bible that my dad had given to me. And it was like the first hymn that I connected with and wrote and wanted to to do. And I remember sitting in a chapel in high school and writing that down and and just <clears throat> placing that. And it stayed in still in my body. still the Bible in my office that is is that Bible. and I, I don't use it very often because it's it's older and and falling apart, but I still have it there as a reminder. Uh, That those those short verses. It's not a very long hymn. It's just uh, you know, real quick, real short. But all those verses are just they're they're dynamite. Does anybody else
4: not know that song? I don't think I've heard of that
0: song. May the mind of Christ, which one? The mind of Christ. It's a great one. Mm -hmm. May the mind of Christ, my Savior, live in me from day to day. day.
1: Nothing. Oh, pretty Everybody cool. else yeah. does. Ryan, you go to church, <laughs> right? You go to church. You might need to go to the other <laughs> service, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you do the podcast early and maybe do a uh, a, a call over to Ryan's house? Let's do a, <laughs> we, a, a welfare. We just, we just we just sing Christmas carols all year.
1: Your number two is Hark the Herald.
0: <laughs> oh. You 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 know this one, Bud. There's there's no way you don't know it. It's just not connecting with you right now. So. Maybe. Any other uh, any other honorable mentions?
5: Yeah, well, Don, I I didn't pick it as well because I figured it was for sure going to be picked by someone else. So I I'm there with you on that. My runner up though and this is another nostalgia one for me, every chapel service growing up in elementary school, our principal would pull out the hymnal. We didn't even have to look. We were always turning into page 52, which was, uh, to God be the glory. Oh, yeah. And we would sing that yeah. one all the time in chapel. And it's a great song uh, written by Fanny Crosby, who was blinded shortly after birth, after birth, but, um, just wrote some fantastic hymns. And, uh, was a quite an accomplished person, but, um, just to put pen to paper and say to God, be the glory with all the challenges she had in her life is, is pretty cool. And yeah, and we sang good. it all the time growing up in elementary school.
0: One that uh, was close for me was Oh Four a thousand tongues to sing. Uh, Charles Wesley wrote that one. And, and we sing about, again, in a, in a normal hymnal, there's probably five or six verses, but I think he wrote like 18. Seriously. Like the guy just went like ape nuts. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> on the, on on the stanzas. And, and there's, there's, there's some, there's some. Did you say (laughs) great nuts? (laughs) You've been watching the the, the twins, some of the twins show. I think it's at CrazyApe.com. I think that came. (laughs) Yeah. We wrote like 18 stanzas, but there are some that are just really good. And, you know, Piper preached on, you know, he, he kind of called one out. Like he breaks the power of canceled sin. And he preached about that. You know, how do you why do you have to break the power if it's already canceled? And and just there is some deep truth that Charles was obviously living when he wrote that. And uh, it just it, it, it's another it's another obviously upbeat one, but uh, really deep. Any other ones before we uh, head into fix our eyes? Oh, we got a freestyle and start just having <laughs> him sing
3: right now, I feel it, man. Oh, <laughs> I really, maybe hymns singing. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one thing I do miss it uh, because uh, of COVID. We, I every once a month I would leave a lead a hymn sing at church, they'd have a hymn sing at church every week, and and uh, at nine o'clock before the service started, and all. And so, we would once a month I would go in there oh. and lead him. So, I miss that good stuff. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, we are going to close our time as we always do with "Fix Your Eyes," and so we're going to turn it over to Ethan.
2: Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm going to I'm going to point us at a passage that is pretty familiar um, to all of us. The last month or two, uh, I've been spending a lot of time in the Psalms, and um, one of my favorite Psalms for a long time has been Psalm 19. But it's just been Uh, refreshing to look at it again in the midst of just a lot of uncertainty um, about our world in the midst of a lot of um, just fear and anxiety. I think Psalms 19 um, has been really encouraging for me the last uh, month or so especially. And the reason for that is in large part to um, one of my favorite theologians that has written a, a number of commentaries is a guy named Dale Ralph Davis. Uh, and he especially wrote a lot of commentaries. He's dead now, but wrote a lot of commentaries about the Old Testament. And his commentary on Psalms 19, on uh, Psalm 19, has been really encouraging for me. Uh, and so I just want to point our eyes to three things. Um, the first thing uh, is, as we look at this um, in, in his estimation, I think he's right. Psalm 19 is a psalm of worship. Um, and it walks us through uh, what our what the foundation of our worship should be. And he points our eyes from the top to the bottom. And so if we look at Psalms 1, Psalms 19 verses one through six, it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor are their words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their works to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. And it's so encouraging in the midst of things when our eyes are drawn to news broadcasts and uncertainty and um, health concerns and all kinds of things, that we have the opportunity to worship a God who spoke the world into existence and who the world around us, speaks uh with without words but it speaks to worship of him um, and knowing that our hands are safe our lives are safe in him even when everything seems completely out of control Uh, and the chapter goes on with the next segment which i'm not going to read for the sake of time uh, but it's very familiar verses 7 through 11 um, and it speaks specifically to not only what we should see about god's creation and what it teaches us about god but what we should hear and that's the truth of God's word, His law, His testimony, His precepts, His commandments—all um, those things that provide us with what we know to be true about God um, and what we can base our lives on—and uh, we hear that in His in His written word or in His special revelation. And then it brings us to the end of the chapter, um, and it and it culminates in what we should say um, and or in what we should worship and how we should worship. And it brings us to a point of saying, I'm just confessing God. Apart from me, keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, so often I have to realign my eyes. Um, From the circumstances around me, from the, the challenges and complexity of life, I have to realign my eyes and look up and remind myself of who God is and what he's accomplished uh, and I have to listen to his word. Um, and that that realigns, it It strengthens and solidifies my heart to face another day and to be able to speak words of truth and to be able to worship him in the midst of it. And so I know, uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot on our plates from responsibility at home, responsibility in church and uh, in lives with kids. But if you're anything like me, I think being reminded of those things provides us with a great way to start off each day. Um, and so that's that's just what I wanted to share a little bit. Just my prayer for us is that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable Amen. in God's sight.
0: Well, a good word. Good word, Ethan. Thank you for helping us fix our eyes.
4: I just wanted to offer uh, final thoughts and prayers for Don and his dog for this coming week.
3: <laughs> what's what's the dog's name? Argo. Kids named it after some Greek mythology nerd thing. Argo. <laughs> Argo. Yeah. It was the, uh, the, uh, it was actually the name of a ship that, uh, that the uh, Argonauts built for Jason to go find the golden fleece. I don't know. I think that's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> right. This dog right. is amazing. Cause we were in Duluth uh, this weekend just for some family trip. And this dog, I was holding the dog. Kids were my, for, Oh, Shopping. I'm sitting out on the street with this dog and grown men are coming up to me asking me to pet this dog. Grown men. This dog is like the cutest thing ever, right? It's a teddy bear. It literally is. But it, it, it just is like. My kids don't like going out with it.
4: We, we don't talk about my dog on the show. <laughs> I could, Don. I could, oh. to, I could have told you that. Buying a teddy bear dog is going to do that.
3: Jesus, that's crazy. Just crazy.
0: <great>. Well, <laughs> from fix your eyes to Argo, we segue quick on six in the mix. No, but if if you would uh, would you leave a would you leave a like and maybe a review uh, whatever podcast platform that you're listening to us on, uh, we'd certainly appreciate that. Until next time, we'll see you later.